Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. What's up, y'all? This is Biddy from DGB. I'm here to put y'all up on game about Anchor. Now, if you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you a quick rundown. Now, basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Now, here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or the computer. So no matter what your setup is, you can start creating today. That means you can't make no excuses about you got to go on Amazon, get this microphone, get this certain camera. I need this and that. No, you can go right on Anchor, record today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify and any other places where you uh, listen to podcasts. Um, You can do that with a single tap. It's easy. Just record, click. Anchor is also the only place where you can publish video podcasts to Spotify. Now, with Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. All you got to do is go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what's your excuse, man? Get started. Like, now. What's going on? It's your boy Aristotle Investments. I just jumped off the porch with 30 Glove Bastard. Alright, so we got Aristotle Investments off the porch with us today. What's going on, y'all? What's going on? How you feeling today, bro? Great, great. Yeah, man. Appreciate you coming by today, man. I was kind of looking forward to this all week. And then Dang. everything went to hell these last couple of days. So now I'm even more excited for it. Oh, man. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how's your 2021 starting off? Honestly, great, man. Like money circulating, going up. Uh, stock market, I've been doing well. You know, um, business booming, more connections, more moves, you know, living life. Yeah. Everything's just coming into order. You know, I'm really just doing it. Okay. That's what's up, man. So um, Atlanta native, right? Yeah, yeah, from Cleveland Avenue area. But okay. you might as well say Southside. Gotcha. Like my uh, granddad from the uh, Riverdale part, and then my mom. Well, my dad's side from uh, Cleveland Avenue, and then my mom's side from the Riverdale area. Okay. So how would you describe your childhood growing up there? Um, my mom had me uh, at 19, and she had my sister at 17. So you know teenage pregnancy so you know um of course we didn't start off you know middle class we had to go through my mom had to come up in her career so i lived with my dad for a certain period of time we lived off conley road cleveland avenue it was in the hood but you know my dad took care of me made sure i was safe yeah but of course you see things you know uh you know murders all all types of stuff absolutely yeah Growing up, what did you think you would be doing when you got older? Or what did you want to do when you got older? I wanted, my first dream was to be an architect. Cause <laughs> I was, I used to draw in my sketchbook. Um, I met the, uh, this architect, I forgot his name, but he was uh, one of the first black architects to get anything built. 
So um, he came to our school for a career day and I showed him my sketchbook. He gave me uh, his card and I gave it to my mom. And she, when she moved back to Atlanta, she was living in South Carolina at the time. So that's when well, I was living with my dad. My mom was living in Florence, South Carolina. So uh, my mom moved back to Atlanta and everything. She let me, you know, meet him and stuff. So my first dream was to be an architect. Okay. Yeah. That would have been dope too, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, what had motivated you to join the Army when you were 18? Mm, I couldn't afford college, honestly. I didn't want to go. <laughs> I'm going to just be honest with you, but because my stepfather was in, I kind of saw what was going on. Like, you know, he joined the Army kind of late, like in his uh, mid-30s. So, and he joined when I was in high school. So, yeah. I kind of saw what it was about already. I already knew what was going on. So I was like, you know what? I can do it real quick so I can get some money to go to college. Because the goal was to go to college, be an architect or a computer science. I was studying that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. How would you describe your time in the Army then? My time in the Army, honestly, Uh, it was fun. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really enjoyed the experience from start to finish. I didn't like the structure of it. You feel me? Like, taking away the freedoms, but as far as the people I met, um, com competing with people, just, you know, that whole athletic side, like pushing yourself, like, that really taught me something in life. Like, being on time, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like never quitting and being able to deal with, you know, BS, like, and getting over it. You know, the Army really taught me that. Yeah. And you were cutting hair while you were in the Army too, right? Yeah, I actually started cutting hair. I was so, this is how barbering came into play. Uh, my mom, I was, on, I'm the only boy my mom had. So she had, I had three sisters. So, you know, like she, Bar, taking me to the barber shop every week wasn't her thing. Let's just say that because she was so used to doing her hair and this and that. So she didn't understand that I wanted my hair cut every week or every two weeks. You know, she was kind of doing it every month. So I was like, well, I can't have that. So I started learning how to cut my own hair. So I started cutting my own hair uh, when I was about 17, no, 16. I started getting good at it. So once I got into basic training, I was already cutting my hair in high school. By, by my senior year, I got good at it. I could line up the, the front of my hair, the back of my hair. I could put designs in my head. Like, I was practicing because I knew I had to. You know what I'm saying? It was perfect timing during the summertime to learn. So I really taught myself during the summer when people couldn't see me so I could mess up on my hair. You feel me? Because, you know, all I would do is go to work, put on a hat. You feel me? So you really couldn't see my hair anyway. So I started getting good at it. So when I got the basic training, I immediately bought some clippers and said, hey, I cut hair. And it was perfect because everyone rock, rocking the bald head. So it's like <laughs> anything is be it's better than that. You feel me? Anything is better than that. So, you know, they just started letting me practice on their head. So at first I was messing them up, but then I started getting good. So I learned how to cut hair through trial and error in uh, AIT, uh, you know, the uh, part after basic training. Okay. So. Yeah, like then our, our AIT was six months long because I was a, uh, I had a, a job where it required a high test score. So I was a, a information technology specialist in the Army. So I was a pretty smart guy. I got a high test, I mean, I got a high score on the ASVAB. So I chose that job on purpose because I researched before I went in the Army. Um, 
jobs that make the most when you get out. So I was already plotting my escape before I even went in. Like <laughs> I was literally knew I was going to get out and I wanted to uh, get a six figure job because so I already knew at 18 years old, all I need is these certifications, a top secret clearance, and then somebody's going to land me a six figure job out here automatically. I already knew that. So I was like, but my goal was to be an entrepreneur. So all I needed was a hundred thousand or 10,000, like just some money. And I was going to start a business. So as I start cutting hair and learning and making money, soon I scaled it up to 3000 a month, you know, on the side. Yeah. So I was getting paid like two grand a month from the army and I was making three grand from there. So I was making 5,000 a month. I was lit. I was only like 19, 20, <laughs> making 5K a month. And they take care of most of your expenses too. Oh man, did but see, I lived below my means though. I still lived on that 2,000. So I was stacking the 3,000 every month and living completely on that, you know, on that 2,000. Cause I really wasn't materialistic. You feel me? Like I really don't, I'm by, I got on this, you know what I'm saying? Cause it's drip. This is what people like to see, this grab their <laughs> attention, to be honest. Yeah. But really I'm just a Nike, wearing person honestly i love nike so yeah like that's really how it was like the army was excellent and barbering i made a lot of money yeah and you started investing that money while you're still in the army yeah so what happened was it's a funny story i went to the uh, to the bank right and um i was about to put up my money i came in there with a stack of cash like ten thousand I was on like 19 and then the lady laughed at me. So it was two women like there. She was like, why don't you just invest this? Like why y'all young boys carry all this money? You know what I'm saying? So I started Googling like when I got home. So I was like, you know what? She right. So I, I still deposited the money into the bank, but I was like, I need, cause I had a lot of money and it's a, it's a picture of me with cash that lay across car and it'll say Aristotle. And that's literally the money I use to start my business. I spelled out my middle name, which is my longest name. <laughs> so, yeah, like uh, I went home, Googled how to make extra money from my phone because I felt like I was doing too much manual labor with barbering. So I was like, I need to figure out a way to, because I'm in the Army, I get up at 5 a.m. and don't get home to 5 p.m. So it's like, I don't have time. I got to figure out something where I could do this on my, I know I can be on my phone sometimes at work because I, I have a computer job. So I'm like, cool. All I need to do is figure out a way to make money from my phone. So I went home, Googled it. Then I saw invest on every form. Like the only way you're going to make money from your phone is the stock market. So I'm like, I had an epiphany. I'm like, dang, no women just laughed at me. It was like God was drawing me to investing. I was like, these women just laughed at me at the bank. I go on Google. This is the only way to make money from my phone. So I'm like, guess I got to learn this. You know what I'm saying? So I'm a smart guy. I, I, I self-taught myself how to barber and I'm making 3000 a month. So I'm like, okay, I can do this. Like, I'm a, you know, people don't know this about me, but I, you know, I made good grades in high school. Even though I, I come from the hood, this and that, that what people don't understand is everyone from the hood isn't bad people. There are people who live there that are just poor. You get what I'm trying to say? They're regular people. They have sense. Their kids, they, they dress them up, do good things for their kids. It's kids in the hood 
who got PS5s, this and that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, they just choose to live there for whatever reason. Like, it's some people who are actually not doing bad that live in the hood. You would, but people wouldn't know that because that's not what music makes it seem to be. So I say that to say, my family, we were good people. We just lived in apartments that was tore down in a bad area. You get what I'm trying to say? So that didn't change the fact that my parents still wanted me to get good grades and, you know, be a good person. You feel me? So my parents still always had good values, no matter what financial situation they was in. So what was your initial investment? How much did you invest at first? Oh, my initial investment? It was uh, in Canadian marijuana. Okay. So um, Canopy Growth, Kronos Group, um, Aurora Cannabis, which is ACB now. Um, I can remember all of them. Uh, Apple. Um, I bought some shares of Facebook, um, Square. But really, it was the marijuana stocks, which they're going up again right now. In 2021, they're finally going back up to the, the spots where I bought them. It's crazy. So people don't know this, but back in, I think it was 2018, Tilray went to $300. But right now, it's like worth $15. So I caught that boom that day. But what's crazy was I was, I was married, right? So uh, I got married while I was in the Army at 22 years old. So my wife gave me, so I saved up some money, but I, I spent a lot of money on vacations and wooing my wife. Like I, I took her on a nice vacation back in the day. So I started saving money again. I, I saved up like 10,000 and then started investing it or whatnot. And then like I made so much money off the 2,000 though that my wife gave me. So she gave me an extra 2,000 from her college refund, right? because she wanted to, you know, invest in my dream. Cause I told her like, look, I'm doing good in the stock market. Like, look at my numbers. Like, I just need whatever cash we get. Like, I'm going all in cause I'm figuring this out. I'm like, this is, our, this is my way of getting out the army. Like, I'm like, and she believed in me. Like she never, that's what really like attracted me to her. Like, you know, most women they'd be like, stay in the army, do your 20 years. Um, this is a safe job. Like, mm -hmm. but she saw, I really didn't like being there. And she didn't like me, you know, having to go to the field, be away, possibly having to deploy. So she was with it. She was like, shoot, if you could figure out something to like within a year and a half, do that. You know what I'm saying? So I figured it out. Well, it was like I had like two and a half years left on my contract before I started really heavily investing. So, yeah, man, I literally poured money. I had beginner's luck. <laughs> like I turned, uh, what was it? I turned 7,000 to 14,000, like I doubled my money. But what I did was I was posting my progress on Instagram. So that started catching on, like people like this guy's like posting his progress and telling us his investment ideas for free, right? So I was doing it for free just to like, you know, build, I guess clout, like I don't know what I was doing it for, but I just really wanted to build another Instagram or really because like the people who knew me they didn't understand me, you feel me? So like I was posting on my Facebook, on my personal Instagram, and it felt like nobody was liking it. Nobody was like paying attention to it. Like I was like, you know what? I need to reach out strangers. Like maybe they'll feel this. So I, that's what I did. I created another Instagram. And that taught me something like too, don't ever sell to the people you know. Strangers is what's gonna get you the money. Like don't ever like, 
sell to them. Like that really taught me something because I, I, I never had that pressure that people had of, oh, family don't support me or this and that because I never sold to them in the first place. So like whether they supported me or not, it didn't matter. I still love them. So, you know what I'm saying? Like that's how it was. But it was one day a guy came to me. He was like, uh, if you teach me how to invest, I pay you $100 a month. Right. So I was like, nah, I don't want to be responsible. I know I'm getting to the money. I know y'all see this, but I don't want to be responsible for anybody losing it or nothing like that. So my wife ended up getting pregnant. And what's crazy was we always talk about this. My wife kind of manifested it like out of nowhere. She wanted to be pregnant. <laughs> now, I remind you, like, this is crazy. I got one year left in the army, a year and a half left. She's in her senior year of college. She was valedictorian of her high school. So when we first started talking, the reason we broke up was because she said uh, she was a freshman in college when we first started talking. The reason we broke up was because she was like, um, she was pretty much saying like, she was scared of me, like because she really wanted to like do good in school and I'm a distraction. So I was confused how like, I'm treating you right. So, you know, I ain't do nothing wrong. Like, why would you, you know, I'm a good distraction. She was like, nah, like, I don't, you know, pretty much saying I don't want to end up getting pregnant, nothing like that, I'm falling <laughs> in love. And I just, I just was doing so well in high school. You know, she was number one in her high school. She was like, you know, I can't really afford no setbacks. So I was like crazy. And then out of nowhere, her senior year of college, she asking me for a baby. I'm like, of course we married, you know, we in love. But I'm like, whoa, like you were just telling me four years ago, like I'm a distraction. So it's crazy because my son is the reason we're rich to this day. Because the moment she told me she was pregnant, that's when I started my company. So remember how that guy told me, hey, I pay you $100 a month? She told me she was pregnant. I literally like sat there for five minutes, like just staring at the toilet. Cause you know, she just got off the toilet, handed me the pregnancy test. <laughs> so I'm just staring at the, at the pregnancy test and like, you know, just staring at it for five minutes. And I'm like, well, I gotta figure out something. Cause I'm not finna be in his army. That's what I was thinking too. I was like, and on top of that, I wanna be able to see my son like walk, talk, this and that. And then I was like, and then on top of that, like my wife need to be comfortable while she pregnant, you know? So I was like, I got to get her off her feet. So I'm already like, I, it's like I became a boy to a man right then and there. Cause I was like, I got to get her off her feet. I got to make sure my son got a father to look up to. Like, I ain't gonna lie to you. Like no offense to anybody in the military, but I was like, you know, I just don't want this to be what my son see me as, especially as a black man. You know what I'm saying? I want him to see me as something different. You know, something that stand for a little, a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? I ain't saying the Army don't stand for nothing or nothing like that. But me personally, I felt like I stood for more than that. You know what I'm saying? So I felt like this, it, I had a good time. It was honorable. You know, I got my honorable discharge, nothing like that. I salute anybody in, but it just wasn't for me. You know what I'm saying? And that's just how I personally feel. Don't cut that. Keep that. So, yeah, like... um, yeah, man, like I really just started the company right after uh, she told me she was pregnant. I text the guy, said, yeah, run that 100. He paid me. He was serious. He was waiting on me. <laughs> and then next thing you know, I post the progress of his account. He going up, I'm going up. So people are like, okay, I want to pay too. Like, he'll put me on, I'll pay that. That ain't nothing. Like, you making money. 
then another person, then another person, then another person. Out of nowhere, ends. I'm making like another thousand a month, like days after she told me she was pregnant. I figured out a way I was already making at that time like 7K uh, because I was cutting hair and I was getting paid 4,000 from the army because I got married to her. So it was extra money. Your money doubles when you get married. Mm -hmm. So I was making 7,000 a month. So I was already thinking I was doing something. You feel me? Especially to be 21, 22 at the time. So now I'm making about 10,000 a month out of nowhere. Right? And I'm looking at her like, okay, you ready to quit? She like, that ain't enough. Like, you gotta, you gotta replace my income. So I like, I said, so you telling me if I replace your income, you gonna quit your job and let me take care of you and you can, you know, possibly help me with my business. She was like, yeah. So, um, yeah, a month later, I'm making about 30K a month. Oh, shit. Like literally a month after she told me she was pregnant, I'm making about 30K. So about February 1st, the first week of February of 2019, she quit her job. She quit every, uh, but she didn't, she still finished school though. She graduated in that May. But yeah, she quit. And then I told her, look, all you gotta do is manage the customers when they come in, occasionally answer my DMs, um, you know, just manage my lifestyle and I'll take care of us, I'll do this. Like, I'll take us, I'll take us to the moon. That's what happened. She, she, I literally put all the money in her, like, I trusted her with everything. Like, here, take care of my money. Just let me focus on the company and just growing the company. Yeah. And that's how we took off. She doing all the back end stuff. I'm doing all the front end stuff. You feel me? So, and it's like that to this day. You know what I'm saying? We like the perfect duo. And then we scaled it. Like, we went from 30K a month the first month of business. Well, I was bringing that in. Now, about a second month, you're about. So, you're about 30K, and then I don't want to say what I make a month now, but. <laughs> That's a good 60 days right there. That first 60 days. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah, first 60 days, I took off. And then I wrote up. And then on top of that, I was writing a book while she was pregnant. Even before she, I already started writing a book. So, I was already, like, investing while she, before she even got pregnant. But so like, that's the crazy thing. I was already doing it because I was like, I had to figure out a way to um, pretty much like bring in some extra income. But like, I knew I had to turn it up a notch when she got pregnant, pregnant, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I was already hustling with the investing before she even thought about getting pregnant. But that's when I decided to create a group chat, write a book, all that. So I was already writing my book. So my book finished, but I ain't gonna lie, like, I was slacking on it. But when she told me she was pregnant, Man, I started getting to it. So I wrote my book. My book went viral. Like on Twitter, wherever it went viral, I don't know to this day. What's the name of the book? Uh, Aristotle Investing Guide. Okay. So I sell about 20 copies of that a day. Still? To this day. Like, we can, we can look at my notifications right now. It's going to be some sales. Yeah. So like, and I never, like I did one ad for the first time I launched it and never did one again. It sold organically from that point on. So like, that's where a lot of my wealth came in fast, was my book, cause it went viral. And then like, everybody was waiting on it cause I was gonna give away my investing secrets. And that's what I did. I poured like, at the time, almost everything I knew about investing, like I didn't hold back. And nobody ever seen somebody do that before. Like, give them the game. And it was only $20. It took off. 
wise $20 spent for anyone. Oh yeah, because I realized like, if you want to grab people's attention, sometimes you gotta like, some people be afraid to give people stuff for cheap. But see, I realized like, you gotta work your way up. Like I don't, I never started charging high. I always started charging low and working my way up. Like I gotta earn that respect of charging that price. Like a lot of people don't do that in business. They just come out charging 5,000 cause they think they somebody and they listen to this quote or this billionaire that they, that they just met yesterday, tell them, uh, you know your worth, go ahead and charge them for 5,000. So yeah, you're gonna make 15,000, you might get three customers a month, you might think you're doing something. But see me, I'm getting, because I'm charging so little, I'm getting almost 50 customers a day. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So people don't know that though, you know what I'm saying? Like so. Just how just how you gotta do it. You gotta learn human psychology and business, you feel me? Real shit. Yeah. So what's your thoughts on this um this week of trading that's been going on with GameStop, AMC and everything? Oh, I knew you were gonna add me that. So of course it's a short squeeze. You know what I'm saying? It's a short squeeze. Um the uh Wall Street bets chat, all that, you know what I'm saying? Um Basically, a group of guys said, you know, let's outsmart the institutions. Let's force them to buy. So basically, they, they were short selling the uh, shares. And then if you pump in a lot of money to it, you start buying shares, it forces them to cover to kind of like it's like musical chairs. It forces them to cover by buying a whole bunch of more shares because they got to cover their shorts and it just makes the prices go up. So it's like market manipulation, but it takes a lot of people to do it. And that's why they shut down everything that's associated with that because hedge funds are losing money because they got to cover their shares or whatnot and pretty much force the stock to squeeze up. So like now they like banning all like the, the, uh, the low volume cheap stocks right now. So that's what's going on, you feel me? But Is that illegal what they did? In their eyes, in the government's eyes, everything's illegal when they're not when they're the, the beneficiary losing. of it. You feel me? But like in real, in reality, they just playing the same game y'all play on them. You know what I'm saying? But you know, to your knowledge, has that ever happened before? Yeah, short squeezes uh, happen before all the time. Like people do it with cryptocurrency. Okay. Uh, even these low volume stocks, people do it. it it's possible. What's your thoughts on the uh, cryptocurrency? Um, I personally don't trade it, you know what I'm saying? Because like, yeah, you me that. I personally don't trade it because like, it feels just not my forte. I feel like you don't have to be in everything. Like I do the stock market, I'm doing real estate, I got land, I got books, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just comfortable not messing with crypto. I don't care if it makes a million. I done made a million doing this, you feel me? So I feel like you don't got to participate in everything. That's just not my way. Like, Forex, cryptocurrency. I, I will try Forex before I try crypto. Okay. Because I can translate for it. It's speaking money. I can go buy stuff with Forex. Like, you feel me? Like, I, I'm the type of person who like to invest to get a return, you feel me? Like, so... You know, I'm not, I'm just, I'm gonna be honest, I'm ignorant to crypto. So I'm, I'm one of those people who are realists. Like, I don't know about it. Don't, don't even care to know about it. But I do understand options, the regular stock market, 
institutions, all that, technical analysis, fundament, fundamental analysis, all that, you feel me? Yeah. Are you more into the, the like daily trading or long-term? All that. I do long-term, daily trading. Um, that's just what I do. If someone's watching this and they're looking to get into the stock market, what's a good starting point investment-wise, money-wise? Cheap stocks. I mean, honestly, like, what is their goal? Do they have a lot of money or do they don't? They do. They have a lot of money. But well, is that the factor? Yes, because okay. that, that will tell me where they need to go. If they have a lot of money, I can point them in this direction. If they trying to come up, I can point them in this direction. You see what I'm saying? So what's the scenario? Say 5,000 to start off. Would that be a good starting point yeah. or do they need more? Yeah, they can build something with 5,000. Okay. They can build something buying shares. Of course, they can trade options, do this and that. But with 5,000, let's say a stock like AT&T or um, with 5,000, if, you, if you're buying shares, which is meaning you buy a piece of the company. So if AT&T is worth $30, you got to spend $30 for AT&T, right? And if AT&T goes up $1, you have made $1. It's at 31. You bought it at $30. It went up 31. You made a dollar. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So if you buying shares, you definitely want to buy those type of companies like the AT&T, a Coca-Cola, a Pfizer, because uh, they doing the coronavirus. Like you want to like look. Well, I'm not saying I'm not recommending anybody buy these. I'm just saying like these are the companies you want to research. The AT&T, the Coca-Cola, the, the stocks under $50, but can possibly take off like a um, DraftKings, um, y'all missed the way with Beyond Meats, and Boeing is having a pullback. Let me think of some more stocks they should check out. Um, looking for some. Hey everyone, it's Justin Biggs, here from the Biggs vs. Biggs podcast. If you're a fan of sports podcasts, then be sure to check out and subscribe to Biggs vs. Biggs, a show that covers upcoming fights, fight reviews, and interviews with some of boxing's brightest stars. And it's brought to you exclusively by Revolt Podcast Network, anchored in hip-hop, powered by creators. Carnival Cruise Line, um, American Airlines, Delta Airlines. Because all these are pretty low right they're now. They're all right? low. You see what I'm saying? So you want to catch them while they're down. Like, I bought Kroger and BJ's. So, you know, BJ's is like the, the Costco before Costco got popular. You feel me? You know BJ's. So I bought them, made 10000 off them. Bought Kroger, made 12000 off them the other day because I invested in Kroger while they were down at the lows and just held it because I believe in Kroger. See, what people don't know about Kroger, see, I used to work there. People don't know that Kroger is not just on the East Coast. Kroger is everywhere around the U.S. They have a lot of stores, but what Kroger does is they let you keep your name, right? but they'll buy your store. So for instance, in, uh, in Kansas, Kroger is called Dillon's. It's not called Kroger. They let you keep, they let the store keep their name to kind of like, so, so like it won't scare away the people, like the locals. So they buy other chains. They buy a lot of chains around the world like that people don't know. So you might go to a grocery store in Alaska and it's gonna be called something different, but they owned by Kroger. It's called something weird though, but it's owned by Crow. You should look it up. So I know that, but the average person won't. 
You feel me? Because they, and that's what I realize about life too. Sometimes life experiences can make you a better investor. Like, because I went on a cruise before and I went on different brands of cruises, I know that Carnival Cruise Line is a powerhouse. Because I've studied, I've, I've looked at the ships. I've, you know what I'm saying? Like, weighed out my options when I was looking at cruises. So as an investor, I already know, like, brand recognition and how I can kind of gauge how profitable Carnival is versus these and this and that without even looking at a balance sheet, just from life experiences. So Kroger, I bought, I made 12K off Kroger, off life experience, more so than anything, you feel me? So you want to invest, if you have 5,000, into cheap stocks that are down now. Carnival Cruise Line, AT&T, uh, Coca-Cola, um, look into um, stocks like Cisco. Uh, you need to be investing in safe powerhouses, profitable companies, and that pay good dividends. Yeah, I got you, man. Um, what were your thoughts when you learned that, uh, I think this tweet, I went viral when Meek Mill tweeted out about, uh, Tesla and Bitcoin and mm -hmm. then it dropped like the next day. <laughs> What's crazy is, uh, I was trying to holler at Meek Mill, like trying to, uh, I can, I can definitely educate him on what to do, but honestly, like it's because it's becoming a wave, everybody making money. You feel me? But I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm one of the first, I'm one of the most high profile black people doing it right now. You feel me? Like that's in the game. And I'm making it easy and understandable and readable for our people. Like I know all the sides of the game, the trading, the, um, the, the long-term investing side. You see what I'm saying? See, a lot of people don't know the trading side. They know the long-term. Mm -hmm. I know that side and I know it better than them. And I know the trading side, and they wouldn't dare step in my arena. This is MMA over here. See, see, long term, that's boxing. Trading, that's MMA. That's where the that's where the real fighters play. And I know how to and I know how to fight now. See what I'm saying? So, but that's but anyways. As far as Tesla, like it's like with Meek Mill, I I feel like I commend what he's doing. He's bringing attention to it, regardless if he's ignorant to what's going on. At least. He, his mind is flowing. He going to get there one day. You feel me? Yeah. All right. So um, what are some of these programs you have available for to help people learn the game? You mentioned you got, what is it, the group chat? Group chat. Number one group chat in the world. I got the number one course in the world. Taught by three millionaires. True. Me, my boy Mike, and Unraveler. We're diverse, though. Mike is a Caucasian, but he speaks Spanish. He's a very smart guy. He learned on his own. Unraveler is Indian. He's from South India. So these are my bros. You feel me? So yeah, I have a very diverse company. Um, staff, I have six black people, most of them family. Um, and then the rest is just anything, Indian, white, Hispanic. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, I like to keep it diverse. Diversity is there's more money in diversity. People don't realize that. Yeah, absolutely. And then you do a monthly um, lessons as well? AMU. What we do is we teach a live course and we allow you to ask questions after it. You feel me? So not only are we teaching you, so you so, and then we let you watch the recordings too. That's the beauty of it. We teach you everything. We teach you from A to Z. We teach you the stock market terminology. We teach you how to trade. We teach you how to read the charts. We teach you how to day trade, scalp. Scalp is when you buying something and selling it within minutes. We teach you how to swing trade, 
um, we teach you all the high probability strategies. So what people don't realize in trading, you need something called high probability strategies, right? So that's what we teach. And we know it the best, you see what I'm saying? Because we're scholars at the game, you feel me? We study everything, like iron shopper iron. So wherever I'm weak, that's what he knows. And wherever he's weak, that's what my boy knows, you feel me? So we became a powerhouse. We sold out every month since I dropped that course. Every single month we sold out. I have, I have yet to not sell out. I dropped it in May 2020. In fact, we double sold out a few months. <laughs> How many slots are available each month? Um, 500 now. Oh, wow. But now, but now we're doing it to 400, but a lot of times we get over, we always oversell out. So it's 400 right now, and we charge 440. So you do the math. And then we split that. So we making a quarter meal a month and then we split that. Of course, more money got to go to ads and all this stuff, but you know how I go. Yeah. All right, what's some of your long-term goals for yourself and for your companies? Honestly, this is going to sound crazy, but my goal is to help people get here. I already done, did what I needed to do. I'm gonna be honest with you. I never knew I could even touch six figures until I was like 30. Then I touched it in a month. Every month since I was 22. So it's like, I don't really have any money goals anymore. It's more so like goals to really like make an impact on teaching people. And you know what I'm saying? Like, cause when you have a passion and a purpose, the money gonna come, you feel me? So like, really, I just really wanna like, get black people especially versed in finance. So the only way to reach my people is to, is to entertain them. Wear this, Rolexes, Burberry, all that. That's so I gotta give them what they wanna see so they can listen to me, see what I'm saying? Now, granted, I have a diverse crowd, right? So, of course, I have a lot of white people that fuck with me, Indians, Asians, because I welcome everybody, and they know my staff. My staff is diverse. You feel me? My two closest friends, white and Indian. And, of course, my right-hand man back there, Jeff, black. That's my cousin. You feel me? And then my wife, of course. But, like I said, that's my goal is to, like, just keep inspiring people through my lifestyle, you know what I'm saying? Through what I do. You know, I'm not no Black Lives Matter person, no political, I don't participate in politics. I'm just straight up human being. I control my own self, you feel me? Like, I don't really believe in none of that stuff. Feel that. Yeah. All right, any shout outs before we wrap it up? Shout out to Instagram, Queen Aristotle. Um, shout out to uh, Aristotle Investments, Honey Drip Trading, um, and, and I want to shout out my OGs to uh, Fly, Billionaire Fly from uh, Think It's a Game. Okay. Yeah, uh, trending because you know, of course, of that Lucci situation. But he been a good mentor to me. You feel me? Jason Jeter, um, Ti's mm-hmm. manager uh, from Grand Hustle. I actually bought his house. Um, he's been a good mentor to me. Um, 
a person I fought with too is Desi Banks' manager, Cord. I fought with him. And then Keisha, she a realtor. Um, Eyeless Luxury, I fought with her. And then my boy, Jeff Rich Forever, back there, my cousin. You know, he, he the one who got me in contact with y'all. So, yeah. you know, he, you know, that's my PR type shit. You know how I go. Mm-hmm. And he got a restaurant. Shout out to Grips, Good Eats and Treats. If you ever come to Atlanta, they got the best fried shrimp in Atlanta, in the world for real, but you gotta get the lemon pepper fried shrimp. Try it, I'm telling you. Try the lemon pepper fried shrimp with the fries. And then you gotta try the, um, the all berry French toast or the uh, fruity pebble French toast. I'm telling you, it's not a game. My family full of entrepreneurs and hustlers and we're bringing us to the top. That's it, man, Aristotle Investment. Hey everyone, it's Akila Friend here from Monuments to Me podcast. If you're a fan of current events and cultural podcasts, then be sure to check out and subscribe to Monuments to Me. It's a show that covers societal issues, pop culture, and of course, Black women's empowerment. It's brought to you exclusively by the Revolt Podcast Network a network anchored in hip-hop, powered by creators.